Well, hello there and welcome to my corner of the digital universe. Prepare to dive deep, get real, get close, and find out entirely too much about people you likely don't even know. I am Jeremy Griffin and these are my conversations. So grab a coffee and get comfortable, because here we go. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. I am so excited about my guest today. Um, my last episode on conversations was was with Shadrach Black, a friend of mine that uh, is a missionary in Africa. Met him through paintball, and today's guest coincidentally will also be somebody who I met through paintball. Uh, but before I get to introducing him, uh, I want to just throw this moment back over to actually myself and tell you a little bit about uh, one of our sponsors. So here we go. I want to let you guys know where I get my haircut. I know you probably don't care because this is an audio podcast and many of you don't even know what I look like, but I can tell you that this one person is who I trust. Rachel Burchett. She is uh, not only a podcaster on our network and I get to be her co-host, but she is also a hairpist. That's right. She uh, cuts your hair and talks or really lets you talk. You can check her out if you're in the greater Oklahoma City area at Rejoice Day Spa and Salon. Anyway, I know some of you guys are out there thinking, nah, just go do the thing over at Sports Clips or, uh, you know, Supercuts, whatever those just quick in and out places. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. So check it out. Rejoice Day Spa and Salon again if you're in the Oklahoma City area. And uh, go see Rachel and see if you don't like what you get. I have to say the funniest thing about this sponsorship, this is my commitment to our sponsors because for the last five years, I've been shaving my head and having Rachel come on as a sponsor, I decided (laughs) to grow my hair out so the cut could start happening. That's pretty good, right, Dave? That's awesome. So I would like to introduce my guest today, David Buda Gonzalez. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. (laughs) All right. So you, you, you just, uh, popped it open right there. So I got to tell you, um, well, before I do, I want to get on to order. I can't even say it right. Orale. Is that close? (laughs) Close enough. enough. All right. Thank you. So (laughs) I know it's really, it's pitiful, but no, here's the thing. So I've, I've known of you probably a lot longer than you've known of me because of uh, your paintball teams, um, much more prolific and you've been around the sport forever. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as I know, I've only been back in for three years and it just looked like you've been around for 35 or so. I, I don't know. Well, I took a really long break. Uh, I, I was playing tournament ball in the nineties and got out of it to pursue a career and got, got conned back into it by a fellow mechanic that was helping me out after a motorcycle accident. He, he said, look, I'll help you out at your shop as much as you need until you recover, but you're going to come and play a scenario game. And I showed up to a scenario game and that was the end of it for me. Wow. So when, <laughs> what, what year was that? You got back in? Oh gosh. I don't even remember. I just knew it was a Viper game at TXR. It was huge. Um, fallout i think it was wow okay yeah so well then, then back yeah. in, in it. that's, that's back in ever since that's a pretty so it's a similar story and I, I i was like so it would have been late 90s for me um when i was just going nuts man and and when i say that we had an indoor place here in oklahoma city and it was just a small field but me and a buddy of mine in fact uh I'm actually having dinner with this guy tonight. I hadn't seen him in probably three years and we were just coincidentally having dinner together. But he and I, 20 years ago, were playing indoor paintball like crazy three, four times a week, just blowing huge amounts of money. (laughs) And, And it was weird because like, I mean, we just kind of, we ran it to death and then, uh, then I started, I had kids, but they started getting a little older and, and ironically, I didn't play again up until my two older boys turned 18 and 19. And they said, hey, dad, can we go play paintball for our birthday? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. And so <laughs> we went out and played at a local field. And and it was the first time I'd played in, you know, well, probably 13 or 14 years at the minimum, maybe more. And uh, 
I came home and bought a gun like that fast. I, I was I used the rental. I was like, well, this is stupid. And I told my wife, I said, look, I, I know this. I know that I can't get uh, every, you know people to go with me all the time, but I do know this, that if I can get 20 of my friends to go once a year, I'll get to play a lot. <laughs> you know? Right. And so, yeah, that, well, that did it. Well, with that story, you didn't see my eyebrow raise when you said you played three or four times a week, because I know how expensive that could get. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. It was crazy. Um, yeah, that, that is nuts. I was playing uh, amateur ball here in Texas in the 90s for uh, a, a team called the Aces. It started off as the Austin Aces, and then it just turned into the Aces because we had so many people from different parts of the state, and it was sponsored by a, a store called Olympic Paintball Sports back in the day and uh, it was fun I had a good run and but unfortunately it just it drug me away from my family a lot right um, I was on the road a lot I was traveling a lot and uh, I wanted to get serious about being a good mechanic mm. so I, I decided I had to walk away from it and I did I walked away cold turkey I just never looked back and uh, I think I want to I want to say I took about a 15 year break wow yeah uh, and, and came back and now now I'm doing it on my terms you know right. I'm having I'm having fun and picking events to go to and it's been it's been interesting and I've met a lot of really cool people oh dude doing this. yeah yeah it's been amazing man and that's that's been my favorite part too it's just and and really I will say a very unexpected because when I played in the 90s it wasn't like that and I didn't play at your level at all I literally was just wrecking it every day but it was still just constant I mean uh, it was fun but the thing is it, it never really you know I didn't gain any relationships out of it there wasn't necessarily a community that I was a part of and then as I get get pulled back into this and was first I didn't even know about scenario paintball like that's how random it was for me and then some dude showed up to our field with a mag fed paintball gun and i thought well that's weird that seems crazy why would you do that <laughs> yeah i thought the same thing when i first saw mag fed i was like whoa that's kind of weird yeah and then then i that was introduced to first strike rounds and thought wow okay well that's stupid too those are stupid expensive and that costs more than real steel bullets you know and <laughs> yeah and then i did the math and i was like well when I sit down and play, I try to do one shot, one kill with round ball and it never, ever, ever happens. So it's 14, 15, 20 shots to get a guy out and I can do it with one with the first strike round. So it actually ended up being cheaper for me to play <laughs> first strike rounds uh, yeah, just to no match doubt. the style of play, you know? No, I completely agree. And I think for me, the first, I, I had a mag fed marker for a long time before I even tried running first strike spirit. It was a T eight point one. Yeah. Uh, and I was running round ball there because I just I didn't know any better. Uh, I got my hand on some got my hands on some first strikes and tried them out for the first time and my jaw literally dropped. I could not believe what I was seeing. Yeah, it's not even uh, fair. <laughs> it's not. It really isn't. And from then on it's that that's what I shoot. So. Yeah, that was my first experience too was with an 8.1. And I say first, my first real experience, I had a, a conversion kit. I went to Oklahoma D-Day three years ago, four years ago, and uh, whenever that was. Anyway, um, and that's when I first saw these first strike rounds. I'd heard about them, but I saw them there and I had a, uh, a Tipman X7, uh, is that what it is? Whatever, a phenom. Okay. Yeah, the phenom. And phenom, so, uh -huh. so I go to the MCS shop that was there and buy the conversion kit to make it mag fed and buy a box of first strike rounds. Well, I didn't, in buying the kit, you miss all of these very important parts. So I was breaking those rounds like crazy. But, but even breaking, because I didn't have the right bolts, it's just exploding the rounds. But like, oh, wow. 30% of them went out. And even though 70% broke, I was enamored and then I was like oh my gosh this is freaking amazing and so yeah. it was it was fun but then you know I didn't know all of the reasons why it wasn't working at the time and so uh, I just thought okay well first strike makes the round I'll buy a first strike gun bought an 8.1 and then I went out and played a rec day with some friends and uh, I had you know 
three mags or something on me with eight rounds a piece and they're running their 250 round hopper and and yep. i get out there and i clear all five of the guys like in no time flat and and i that was it <laughs> it's like well that's, this is it that's all she wrote i mean yeah from then on you're just like well what's the point of ground ball now right <laughs> <laughs> exactly in fact that that kind of kept me from going to d-day this year because they they sold out of first strike rounds before i ever got there and and it was like people were offering me round ball and i'm like no way man i can't do it <laughs> I just can't. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself if I do that. But so right. we're talking. It's no, so I- it, it, it's funny that we're you know we're talking through all of this stuff, and so many of the people that I'm that are my listeners have no idea what we're talking about, which I think is just awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a whole different language that you know the Magfed players speak and. My wife just looks at me kind of weird. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and my wife never knows if I'm talking about a real firearm or a paintball marker when I'm having conversations. And I'm like, well, it really doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, it's costing me the same amount of money most of the time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to go back to this, this, uh, orderly because, orderly. yes. Okay, so here's what happened with me. So I'm seeing Facebook posts with you guys, you and Jeff, and, you know, just all all of the national guys. And I see what what my first pronunciation was on a post was Orale. Because <laughs> as I, you know, I never, I didn't know. And I kept seeing it and I'm like, wait a minute. As I said it, I'm like, I, I, I've heard this in movies before. Like, I know, I what is and i kind of kept saying it and i'm like oh and then and then i learned it was not orale <laughs> but orale <laughs> and so <laughs> and so i said you know what i've got to do i i've got to go and and look this thing up so uh, did you ever watch the it crowd by chance no okay so this is british comedy and it's a it's about it guys and uh what's funny is like they're total nerds right and so they're having a conversation one day about how they're not proper men. And so they look up and they download this app that helps them talk like proper men. And, uh, <laughs> so it teaches them about, you know, how to talk, uh, about, uh, uh English football and, and all these different things. That's how I felt. I'm Googling orale. <laughs> oh God. Right. So, here, so let me, let's, I'm going to go ahead and tell you where that originated. From. Oh, that's awesome. And, and how that came to be. Um, I, I mean, not in the sense of the word itself, but how it's it used with us in the paintball community. Um, I got the command, what was it, Snake Eater 3, um, and Dan Panfetti was my XO, mm. and uh, we were trying to get the guys motivated. So before the game started, I get everybody together, I climb up on top of this boulder, and start addressing everybody about how you know, we're going to take these guys from California and just pound them into the ground because we're Texas and <laughs> yada, yada, yada. And I couldn't think of anything to say <laughs> to, to rally these guys. I mean, no kind of catchphrase or anything. And all of a sudden, that just popped into my head. <laughs> Orale. And so I yelled it, and I, I said, "That's what we're gonna yell." You know, they're gonna they're gonna remember that word all weekend. Every time we're gonna push them back, orderly. And I didn't actually think it was gonna go anywhere. <laughs> I really didn't. Wow. And before I before I knew it, it everybody was yelling that and chanting that. And sure enough, we we barely won that game by the skin of our teeth. <laughs> uh, and because OD really did put up one heck of a fight. Yeah. Uh, and I made friends from that point on with everyone. I guess that little motivational speech really stuck with everybody. <laughs> and I don't consider myself a motivational speech speaker at all. So um, <laughs> somehow or another, it worked out and it stuck. And well, now I'm stuck with it, just like my nickname, Buddha. So, <laughs> uh, exactly, you know, right? Some of these things just fall into place and you just got to roll with it, right? Yeah. Well, and those are the better things to me, you know? I mean, there's always things that, I mean, Matt, you know, guys that make their own nickname up in paintball or anything, you're kind of, you kind of like, I'm like, well, I mean, no. <laughs> Some guy comes in yeah. and he's like, what's your name? My name's Terminator. 
Really? How, <laughs> <laughs> how'd you get that name? Well, I mean, a ter- I'm a Terminator. That's how I gave it myself. It's just yeah. Um, it's best when you are giving your name. Uh, I will agree with you there because yes, it just sounds silly. Yeah, Terminator. Hey, what's up, Terminator? <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to call you Tim, okay? That's it. (laughs) Exactly. Well, people would always ask me when I first got in, like, what's your call sign? I'm like, I don't know. Griffin, I guess. That's my last name. Griffin. And then I spell, oh, this was... This was the worst part. So someone's like, you should spell it like the mythical creature. I'm like, all right. (laughs) So so my first jersey, I did that. And, uh, oh, gosh, on the field, I was getting all sort of weird versions of the, hey, Gryphone. I'm like, who are they talking to? <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Now when someone's like, hey, hey, what's your call sign? I'm like, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm Jeremy, guys. Just, I'm Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's how I know you. And, and to go back to what we were talking about uh, earlier, what you were saying earlier is, I've known who you are for a little while now. I just didn't know who you were. Mm. Uh, I see your name pop up, and I, I saw a picture you know, next to a comment, that guy looks kind of scary. I don't know if I want to friend him or not. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, but I mean, once I got to know you, once I met you, man, it, you are one of the coolest cats I've met so far in this sport. I mean, there's a lot of really cool people, but man, yeah, hands down, one of the coolest people I've met. Well, dude. Genuine. Well, I appreciate that. That's definitely what I want to be. Man, I, I think, and and honestly, this is a, another reason, because even how, you know, I wanted you to come on this podcast, what we're sitting up there, we're both in Wisconsin playing paintball together, and this is really the first time you and I have hung out really at all. Um, right. We've been on the same field, you know, a number of times. I know that even on the same side, but, um, you know, there's not, a, there was what, basically three of us from Texas, or three from Texas, Oklahoma area, I guess five of us total, but. Yeah, um, five total. And it's, so it's like, you know, that's one thing I like about even traveling is, uh, it does kind of bring, like when we went to Canada a couple of years ago, it's like, there's just this, I don't know, there's something special about traveling to play paintball. It's uh it really helps bring the community together. But I say all that just to say, um, you know, I, I just loved your authenticity. You know, we're just sitting there talking at dinner and I don't know, man, there's just a good connection there. And, and I'm like, dude, let's just come on the podcast, man. Let's have a good chat. And um, you know, get to know each other more in a public well, setting. <laughs> well, that's, I, I appreciate that, man. I, I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of egos in paintball. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are, are in it for different reasons. For me, I just, this is my, my escape from reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to have fun. If I, I, I've always told people, if you're not having fun doing something like paintball, then maybe you should switch gears. Yeah. Anytime, it's always been my belief that anytime your hobby starts looking more like a job, mm. it's time to switch hobbies. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is why I don't build motorcycles. <laughs> oh, man! <laughs> because, because that was my hobby, and I didn't want to ruin it. For yeah. So. Man, that's uh, good advice. But, I, I, I've done. I've said the same thing. I, one of the things I say is the fastest way to hate what you love is to do it for a job. And yep. it's not You're always the right. case, but it's mostly the case because, <laughs> you know, True. I, I I enjoy doing a whole lot of things, but at the minute I start getting paid to do it, some something about it just makes me go, Ugh, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's weird. When you have deadlines mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff that, you know, are attached to it. You want to do it, it something that's your hobby. You want to do it on your own terms and at your pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want to overcomplicate it. Keep right. it simple. Well, I want to talk a little bit about, you You know, you've talked about this, you're a mechanic, you, you own Buddha's uh, garage in Austin, Texas. Correct. Now that's I, right. I love this. I love your, uh, your tagline. It's the coolest freaking thing ever. Cause it's so subtle. <laughs> And it's not going to do justice over the audio, but I'm going to, I'll, I'll make it work for everybody. But Buddha's garage is the home of good karma. Karma spelled C-A-R-M-A. And I'm like, that's, that is freaking brilliant. So I wish I could take credit for that, but that actually was thought up by a customer. That's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah. It really is. Um, so did, did the name Buddha come in paintball or the garage? Which one came first? So uh, 
I got the nickname Buddha when I was doing a lot of things back in the, the custom car world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a I had a painter working on a color of blue for me, and he he nicknamed it Buddha Blue, and I didn't think anything of it at the time. But he was referring to me as Buddha because I've always been a big guy and bald headed for most of my life, uh, and so he, he started calling me Buddha just out of out of respect and just you know pounding around and stuff. Right. Uh, well, we kept it between us until. I found myself at a car show one day and I used to work a, a, a booth for a friend of mine that sold car related t-shirts. Mm. Um, it's called pro Streetwear, And I would work this booth at local car shows and stuff. And that, that normal crowd that I would hang around with, you know, was hanging around the booth and this painter comes up and says Buddha to me. And <laughs> the rest of the guys heard that. And it was like, getting a stink on you you couldn't wash off right it it was just i was i was known as buddha from that point on and i just embraced it i said okay let's let's go with this yeah and when i when i decided to open up my my shop there's already a bunch of dave's this and dave's that here in austin mm. uh and so i said no that that sounds kind of weird and i wanted to have the word garage in the name to mm. give it a a down home feel. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's go with Buddha's garage and let's, uh, let's see what happens. I uh, hope it doesn't offend anybody, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. And well, I guess Austin was just the place to do that because it has seriously just taken off. I started the shop with one bay and an office thinking that I would have enough work to keep myself busy. Mm. And within, within nine months I was, I was, in need of a bigger place. Wow. Uh, within three years, I quickly realized that I couldn't do this by myself. I was at work till three o'clock in the morning sometimes trying to get things caught up. Yeah. And I'm the type of person that just can't say no. So when somebody shows up with a broken car, I take it in, you know, Yeah. Uh, and, and try and get it going. So three years into it, I wound up hiring my first employees. And now we are sitting at, uh, a five bay shop at our main location and then we have a satellite location down the road that we're trying to get up and running and I have six employees now and we are just going non-stop from the minute we open to when we close mm. it's, it's been a huge blessing um, but you know of course with, with anything that grows that rapidly you have a bunch of headaches so sure. um, it's been a balancing act but my thing here in Austin is that mechanics have a bad rap. Mm. Nobody wants to go see the mechanic, just like nobody wants to go see their dentist. Right. <laughs> it's it's painful. It is painful anyway. They never call you they and, never call you and say it's gonna be about fifteen bucks. <laughs> right. Never. Yeah. So my thing is here is that um grow having come up in a corporate background at, in automotive, there's a lot of upsells that, that go on. You know, you got to sell this many wiper blades. You got to sell this many bulbs. Mm. Yada yada yada. So these guys are constantly looking for stuff like that. Well, here we don't do that. We yeah. fix what's broken, and people appreciate that. And because of that, we stay busy. Well, so sure, we're man. we're known as yeah, we're known as an honest shop here in Austin. And with a name like Buddha's Garage, you can't be a crook. You know, right? Um, <laughs> it just won't you, work. You got to walk a fine. You got to walk a fine line. So. That's what we've been doing for the past 11 years, and it's worked out. We're going to keep on doing that so we can't hold a wrench anymore. So. Man, well, I love that. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, the, when you get to know somebody outside of their profession, that speaks so much to it, right? And I think that's what's so important. And I can I can endorse never taking anything to you because you're in Austin and I'm in Oklahoma City. <laughs> but I can absolutely endorse you because I know you're a man of character and I appreciate that. And, and especially because I'm kind of doing the same thing. One of the things that I do right now is I help out um, – 
mostly small churches because they're the ones that are the most in need with with production stuff. So sound and lighting and video. And when I say small, like sub 100 member churches, because, you know, most. Oh, wow. Yeah, because most sound companies, they don't even they can't even really talk to those guys. It's not worth their time or energy. And for me, it's more of a, a help. So I just want to go and, you know, I, I just was talking with a guy today and threw out some ideas and I went and looked up prices and I'm like, yeah, none of these are really worth the money for you. <laughs> it's like, I'm just, you know, cause I want to help them first and that's what I get from you, which is what I really appreciate. Um, is that you're, you're in it to help a person first. And that's the thing. If we all just did this, if we all look out for each other, we're all, all of our needs will be met. I mean, it's a real simple concept. Exactly. And so I just, I, I, I yeah, couldn't I agree that. with you more. And, and I think that's the deal. And, and I don't know, it, I, the thing is one of the reasons why you and I even connect is we both see that in each other and, and, and we recognize, I mean, that's just a reality. I love the fact that, you know, Dan's coming down and having, you know, work done with you and stuff. It's like, that's part of the community. People get to know each other and respect each other. And, and, uh, I've got an insurance guy I've had for years. I know I pay too much money, but I don't care because I know he's going to take care of me. You know what I mean? Um, we've been friends forever and yeah, it's just cool, man. I love it. When you get good service with somebody, you're right. It doesn't matter what it costs. You want to keep on giving that person your business. And we do strive for that. Dan, he's just, he, he just likes me a lot. (laughs) Well, fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Have you got, he's not going to like me when he, he sees his, his latest bill for his engine bill that he wants to do. <laughs> I was going to say, I know it's it's going to hurt him a little bit, but when he gets in it and he, he drives it, that's going to be another story, another story altogether. Yeah. So what is it, um, do, what is your love within mechanics? Do you, is it, a, is it the custom build that you love the most? Is it just, just the act of doing it? What, what's your favorite part? Honestly, I, I enjoy the problem solving end of things. Mm. Um, I, I, we, Funny enough, we get the stuff here that nobody else wants to mess with. So we work on a lot of Volkswagens because mechanics don't like working on the newer Volkswagen. Mm. Uh, we get a lot of Subarus because a lot of shops don't like working on Subarus. And we see a ton of diagnostic problems. Uh, a lot of times a car's been to two or three different shops and hasn't, hasn't had the problem resolved. And they come here as a last ditch effort, and we we like the challenge here. So that's cool. Uh, while I am the owner, I have I have a manager that runs the front of the shop, and I'm in the back diagnosing cars with the guys, uh, you know, helping them problem solve things because you know, sometimes not not everybody is a problem solver. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with me, if there's not directions on how to fix something or uh, a schematic. I, I like to jump in there and try and figure it out on my own and help the technician out because sometimes they're not they're, they're a little overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, so for me, I still have a, a love for that. I do really, really do enjoy doing custom work though. I love building engines. I love doing custom suspension work. Um, I started welding again recently and, and, I missed that a lot. So, uh, I took a, I took a long break from doing custom work, but I've gotten back into it. And as soon as I get my toe back into that pond, here comes everybody. (laughs) I imagine dude. I mean, that's, that's the thing, you know, when you get to a certain point in life, you know, there's things that guys want. I I literally was talking to someone the other day and I said, my next car is going to be something from the seventies with no computer in it. And I want it to be awesome. Yeah. See, and here I am taking cars from the 70s and 60s and putting computers in them. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so I'm, I'm overcomplicating the simple things and uh, and trying to uncomplicate the, the uh, complicated stuff. So, yeah, I've got it backwards somehow, but I'll figure it out one day. Well, it's funny. I, I bought an FJ Cruiser uh, back in, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years ago, whenever it was, 2013, I guess. And, uh, I didn't think much of it, but man, I have just loved that vehicle. And somebody asked me what I was going to do if the engine blows up. And for the first time ever in my life, I said, I guess I'll replace the engine. Like, 
in my previous nice. life, I just buy a new car, you know, but I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to keep this thing forever. And part of the draw for me was I was trying to find a car that didn't have a lot of bells and whistles on the inside. I wanted it to be very kind of rugged and, uh, no motorized things, you know, but, uh, this mm-hmm. of course has some of that, but man, I just, I, there's something about it, but I'm, I'm segueing into this because I, was noticing a theme on some of your Facebook stuff and I wanted to get into it, but my wife bought me this license plate for it for my birthday one year. And it was, uh, Z M B K L R zombie killer. Nice. Yeah. I have an affinity for zombies. How do you feel about zombies? Uh, I, I well okay. <laughs> it's funny you should bring this up. My son, my three-year-old son, is fascinated with anything zombie, uh, mummy, anything like that. So he walks around saying he's a zombie all the time. <laughs> now, <laughs> it, it's I don't know where he got it from. I mean, Halloween's not even close, but he's always screaming Halloween mummy and zombie this and I a zombie and tries to you know acts like he's biting people and stuff. <laughs> I personally love zombie-related movies, shows. Uh, yeah, huge fan of that. Don't get to watch it as much because my wife's not a fan of it. Uh, but it, it's funny. My, my son has not experienced that with me, but somehow or another, he's just picked up that zombies are cool. It's so. in the DNA, bro. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just how it works. Well, that's the thing I, I was noticing is uh, The Walking Dead and, and um, uh, World War Z and some of these things. And I'm like, man, that's like my jam, dude. It's, I love it. And it's funny, One a person asked me one day at church, I was, uh, I guess I was, well, I'd gotten this question a lot. And so one day I was, I was preaching. That's not my normal thing, but every once in a while I'll preach from the stage and, and, uh, people said, are you, do you really believe in zombies? And I laughed and I said, well, here's the thing. Uh, zombies are a nice stand in for a lot of things like, <laughs> you know, uh, kind of the world we're living in today is a form of the zombie apocalypse, or at least it's yeah. on its way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I agree. I can, I, I agree 100%. I mean, I've run into a lot of zombies in real life. Right. And I just, you know, how would I put this? They're on, they're on some kind of weird autopilot, you know, no, no situational, uh, they don't know what's going on around them half the time. Yeah. And yeah, no, I I believe that, that, yeah, we do live in a kind of a zombie apocalypse as it is now uh, with what, with the way the world is right now. It's really crazy. And that's one of the things that I would say is I said, a zombie is a person who is walking around, but they're dead, right? They're the walking dead. Right. And that's really what we're encountering. I mean, you know, um, one of the things that I've been very critical of, of today's world is just the lack of critical thinking and probably more importantly, the lack of talking about the importance of critical thinking. It's one thing to, to not do it. But it's another thing altogether to try to eliminate the the concept from our entire society. And disagreements yep. is where critical thinking begins. Yep. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and we're just trying to shut I, everything down. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I completely agree with you on that. I run into that I sometimes and that please forgive me for this, but I I will sometimes interact with somebody and go, How have you Managed to live this long, right? Because it, you have no awareness of what's going on around you, and it's just dangerous. To me, I'm thinking you're in danger because you just you don't you don't know which way is up, right? And yeah, but to me, that's you know, a person a zombie. Yeah, no, I I agree with you on that, man. Well, it's, it's definitely a part of even why I have this whole podcasting network is to challenge people, especially I come from a a spiritual background. I I was in ministry full time for 20, almost 25 years. And, um, and there was a lot of uh, discrepancies in the modern church versus uh, the 
person that they tend to talk about as their role model. <laughs> it's like the two things don't jive a lot. And so yep. uh, we have on our network, we have a bunch of different podcasts, but one of the other ones that I'm uh, is, is kind of my primary one besides this one is called Redux Church. And it's, it's about re, Redux to, means to revive, bring back to life. And it kind of speaks to that same theme that the church isn't, uh, it's not a place, it's the people. And people who go to church are really good at saying that, but they still operate as if it's a building and a structure and an organization. And colloquially, it is that. I mean, it's, it is what that is for them. But we're trying to bring those things to light. And so to do that, I challenge a whole lot of religious ideas and concepts. Um, it's a lot less actually about specific doctrine, what's right and what's wrong, and much more about mindset and um, uh, just religious stuff, separating the history of like, here's why we do this. So it's not really you know, some God mandated thing versus, um, you know, the things that are really important. I mean, you know, there's some interesting scriptures that we've already touched on today without realizing it, which is caring about one another. If you, you know, speak with the tongues of men and angels or with angels and you have not love, you've got nothing. I mean, that's something that Paul wrote in the new Testament. And you're sitting there going, well, geez, that kind of says it all right. <laughs> it, it, it does. It really does. It's pretty crazy. But anyway, I don't know. I, I personally, I, I do think that in society nowadays, we've kind of lost touch with, um, how to put this kindness, you know, being, yeah. being thinking, uh, looking out for your, for your fellow man and just, um, uh, trying to be kind. And I, I'm guilty of that myself. I mean, everybody is, we get caught up in the day to day and don't realize that we're maybe stepping over somebody that might need, need a hand. And, I think in this day and age, we're so preoccupied with our phones, social media, you know, TikTok and everything else that we don't stop to look and see if somebody might be drowning, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, it's good to have your, your friends and family uh, close to you so that, you know, you can be there for them. But a lot of times we're, we're pretty, as far as as connected as we are, we're disconnected yeah and and uh in feelings and being there for one another and just being a better person in my opinion yeah uh it's it's getting harder and harder to get back to that but i think that we can it's just it's got to be a universal thing everybody's got to try and do it well right and and i think you're you know you're 100 right i think this is one of the reasons why Millennials, especially, long for um, authenticity. They they are attracted to it like a moth to a flame. And I think you know, you and I are both Gen Xers, and we we have an interesting perspective. I and mean, we saw a world prior to computers, yet we live in a computer world, and we're we're totally capable in general. You know, um, and so we we we're on this weird cusp of technology. But the millennials just kind of grew up with with that as the norm, the internet was a thing. And so, right. you know, with social media, I mean, if you think about it in real, you know, for us, we look at social media, it's only really been prolific for about the last 15 years where that, you know, started shaping the way people communicated and saw each other. And so everybody is a, now a video producer of sorts. They are painting a picture and telling a story that is, as fake as Hollywood, but it's presented as a biography and everything is amplified. You're having a bad day and you make a post, all of a sudden it's the end of the world. You're going to kill yourself kind of post because it's just so much more dramatic. You're having a, a good day and you ha- you got a discount at lunch and all of a sudden God's blessings are flowing through your life beyond all measure. <laughs> it's just like massive <laughs> amplification of whatever it is. And so it like paints this picture that's just not real and so when people come across individuals who are truly authentic they can't figure it out they're like what's going on like i'm attracted to this because they can't they're not used to it they don't even know how to do it and and they don't know how to do it online they know how to do it in real life because they that's all they know they're just like i'm you see me now you see me for real no airbrushing no filters this is who i am 
And I think that this is one of the best um, assets that the world has right now, because if we can really capitalize on the fact that um, that the real want and desire for people is authenticity, then it actually should take over like a virus, man. The more authentic we are with others, the more they become authentic with us. I agree. I agree. I'm excited about that. It. Is, you, you, you nailed it. Um, but, you know, how many times have, uh, I mean, I, I've even done it myself, I, I know, but we gauge our, I guess, our happiness, our emotions and stuff a lot of times in this day and age on how many likes something got, <laughs> right. you know, um, and, and I'm trying right now, that's the hardest thing for me and, and my young kids is, uh, they, they want to be on social media. I think they're a little too young for it personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my sister, uh, has a, has a job where she, she works for the attorney general here in, in Austin mm. and her job, uh, is to track down, uh, internet predators. Oh, wow. People that, that, uh, that prey on young kids and stuff like that. So, she's involved in a lot of that kind of stuff and, and hearing some of the things that she has to see and deal with really frightens me because there's just an ugly underbelly to this uh, sparkly shiny internet that everybody loves right so, that's good um, it can be it can be a dangerous place for sure but in in more ways than one you can just get your emotions tied to your post and you know you're you're gauging your happiness on on how much interaction you get off of mm-hmm. that can you know that that just takes away from your happiness it really does it, it does right. or or boost it sometimes but that's so temporary and not real right we 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 don't have those real connections that that's what i like about paintball is that everything's live everything's happening right there and what you're doing is making connections with people and you come off field and you're trading stories about the shot that you just made or, you know, something to that effect. And again, like the trip to Wisconsin, every time it came off field and and somebody was in the staging area getting ready, we're, we're laughing it up, helping each other out. Um, and making sure we're all, you know, okay, did you drink enough? You got, you need some aspirin or something, you know? <laughs> you get aspirin for drinking too much, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's little stuff like that. You know, those are the things that really, really take me back to how things used to be when I was growing up. Right. You know, so you got outside and you made connections with people and you made friends. And this is what I enjoy about paintball. Yeah. I get to, make I get to make friends and meet new people and see places that I haven't seen so yeah it's, it's awesome it really it's real it really is and and exactly that is one of the cool things that that I got to do at the, the last church I worked with um, they they had budgets for us to go to uh, conferences and things like that and I hate conferences in general like I just look at them as like I don't want a bunch of people to tell me what they did that makes them awesome I don't care <laughs> it's just not my thing but what so they had that budget so one I asked them I said hey can I take a group of guys to play paintball with that money and so they paid for for lodging and food for a week for like, I don't know, I think it was eight guys to go play paintball. They did it two years in a row and, and I loved it. And, and a person on the board of directors asked me a little bit about it. And I said, yeah, you have to understand paintball is simply the context by which we gather. And without playing the game, you don't have the stories to tell. But the enjoyment, yeah, it's fun to play. Don't, you know, nobody listening here, get me wrong. I love playing paintball. But I have as much fun off the field talking with others about their experience and sharing my experiences as well and just hearing the different perspectives. I remember there was a game I played um, and I got to carry a, a wounded helicopter pilot. I had to throw him over my shoulder, an actual guy, it was a ref, had to throw him over my shoulder and carry him off field uh, while taking fire. And there's something about that. I mean, obviously none of us are going to die from that, (laughs) but like there's an energy and an adrenaline and it's really cool. Well, we got, we got to the end of that game and 
And one of my guys just had his phone with him. So he just pulls up and was videoing this whole process because he was kind of on the backside of everything. And just being able to sit down and talk about those experiences are just so fun. And it is, it's real. And there's other things besides paintball that do that, I'm sure. I, I just know that I've rallied around paintball. But I think part of that's because those other things, like like if it's golf or something, man, golf is a whole different animal. Like people travel to go play golf and they may play in the same group of four every once in a while, but, but it's just the same group of four with paintball. It's so much bigger and you see people from, you know, like I'm friends with you. You're in Austin. I'm friends with Lobo. He's in California, you know, um, and, and everywhere in between. And it's just like, man, that's so freaking awesome. <laughs> I just can't get yeah, over it. No, it, it really is. And what's funny is that, you know, a lot, let's take uh, Wisconsin, for instance. When we went to dinner, that's the first time that I sat down with that group of people, and I had the most fun. Yeah. I can't remember laughing that much at at a dinner as much as we did that night. Yeah. Uh, with, with Punisher and uh, Mac of Florida and Rogue Vixen, you, and of course, my, my team captain was there, and we spent a lot of time together road tripping he and I because we're probably the two most active members of our team mm-hmm. um, so with him you know we how would I put this on our road trips we talk about life kids you know uh, relationships everything we're it's like a therapy session right and you know getting to meet these people that you've seen you know in pictures from paintball and you know they're they're kind of celebrities in your world right. they're, they're people who who, uh, who carry the face of mag fed paintball so to speak and having to, to getting to be able to sit down and have a conversation with them and joke and you know, share a meal it's refreshing and to me that was just as much fun as being on the field mm, I agree I agree. What's funny, I love that you said that because, uh, so Big Jim, who was on my team and with us that night, he, uh, mm-hmm. he's, he is not on social media at all. Like he's never been on. That's his claim to fame. He's like, I've never been on social media. I'm not going to start now. And he totally counts on me for all of the data to know what we're doing and where we're going. <laughs> and so it was funny when we got to dinner that night. I know who we're sitting at the table with, but he doesn't know, you know, and it's right. And so when we left, I said, so I I don't know how to explain this to you exactly, Jim, but we just, we just got to hang out and have dinner with people who are known internationally for what we do. And like, they're, they're the top of the game. And I said, that's, I, I said two things. One, that's just fun. That's awesome. And it was a privilege. Number two, it's even better that you had no idea. (laughs) I I, I mean, it was just, I love it. I love it. Cause you know, I mean, and I, I'll be nice to him because he listens to this podcast, but uh, it's, it's just one of those things because it, it's so innocent. And I think that contributes to the authenticity, right? I mean, he is who he is. He he doesn't put on airs and, and this is one of the things I like, you know, it's funny. I, I wrote the open to this podcast where I say, you're you know, we're going to learn too much about someone you likely don't even know. And I started thinking about this cause I've had on people who, um, would be considered celebrities in some regard with some people. But what I have found is, you know, we could name somebody, um, that, you know, even if it's an actor, like an obscure actor from, from the walking dead, like whoever plays Michonne, I don't know her, her actresses, her actual name, but like, if we named her and I said to you, I've got her on my podcast, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. But I could say it to so many other people and they'd be like, okay, who's that? (laughs) You know, they just wouldn't care. And right. I think that's something that people get lost in. I, I've been in, you know, like I said, I've worked in church, but I also worked for iHeartRadio for several years and have been around a lot of country artists and and, um, and even some pop artists just for events and stuff. And most of them are good folks. I've also done pro audio for so many years. I've actually ran sound for a bunch of Grammy Award winners and, and people that have won obscure Grammys, 
you know, polka, things like that. <laughs> but, um, okay. but then some others that, that people would know their name. And I think what's so interesting to me is that no matter how famous you are, there's always somebody who doesn't know who you are. And, uh, True. and I love that reality because, you know, when I have someone on, like I had someone on the other day that is very well known within their circles, but nobody in my circles knows them at all. And there's something really refreshing for everybody in that. <laughs> the guys that who's really well known doesn't get treated like he's well known because he's outside of a circle. You know what I mean? No, so. I do know what you mean. Absolutely. And with that, I personally don't think that I'm that well known. I, I, I'm just a regular guy. Just, I'm a grease monkey who likes to shoot people with paint can, uh, before any of that, I'm a dad. Yeah. And that's, that's the one thing that I just get lost in mm. is having a good time with my kids. Mm. Uh, right now they're out at a water park and I'm getting all these pictures of them playing <laughs> and stuff. And I couldn't break away from the shop to go with them. And I wanted to because it was their first, it's their first water park adventure of the summer. Mm. Uh, but I totally plan on going this weekend. And, and that's the thing that, um, I'm known for it, if anything is just being with my kids all the time and trying to do fun stuff with them because they grow up too darn fast, man. Yeah. They really do. Before you know it, they're going off to college or something and yeah, it's just that you blink and they're grown up. But yeah, man, I've, one thing I've learned in life is to enjoy your family yeah. you know, as much as you can because you can't get any time back. You know? Right. I, like I, like I said, I have the, the, the shop and the custom stuff and paintball and, you know, that, that pulls me away here and there, but not as much as, you know, as you would think. Mm. Um, every weekend I'm doing something with my family because that, that's where it's at. That's where my happiness is. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, we've got about 10 minutes left and I was going to ask you, I wanted you to talk a little bit about your family and, and some history there and just some of the things that you're grateful for. Maybe if you want some things that you regret, things that you would do just as a, as an opportunity to help others grow who listen to this podcast. Cause man, I'm with you. I've got a 22 year old, a 21 year old and a 10 year old and the 10 year old was just born yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, wow. In, in my mind, I'm sitting there going, ah, oh, where did this? Yeah. He's still a baby to you. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. it's like, when did he get 10 and have a conversation yeah. with me and use, you know, words with four syllables and you're like, how, what, how do you know that word, you know? <laughs> and, and so it's just, it's strange. And, and then my 22 year old is, he's just living life. You know, he's, he's, he doesn't live with me. He's out doing his thing. My 21 year olds in Maryland, uh, in the air force, wow. like they're just gone. And, and it just happens one day. And, you know, cause we all for, from our own vantage point, we pretty much stay the same age. You pretty much stay 30 for the rest of your life. Mentally. <laughs> Mentally. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm 50 now and I started, I started a family when I was very young. And let's face it, it, it's not something that was planned. Uh, my wife, my ex-wife uh, and I then, we didn't know what we were doing and our marriage just kind of fell apart because we weren't, we weren't really prepared for that. Yeah. We wound up having two children. They're great kids. Uh, my son is 30. He lives in Sacramento, California. Uh, he was in the Marines. He's been to... He's, he's stationed, he was stationed in Okinawa and then Hawaii and then wound up in Southern California, met a girl and decided to make a life out in California. So I get to run out there and see him from time to time. Uh, he's a great kid. He really is. Uh, but he's, he's, believe it or not, he's 30 years old. Hmm. And my daughter is 28 and she's about to get married this year. Congratulations. I thank you. Thank you. Uh, Nobody's made me a grandfather yet, which I am completely okay with. I do not feel like I'm ready for that. Um, but I've got young kids at home. I've been been married four times, if you can believe that. It um, it, you know, for whatever reason, people drift apart. Um, I've always been in it 
for the long haul. Unfortunately, in the past, in relationships, it didn't work out that way. Um, uh, do I wish it would have? Not necessarily, because right now I'm in a really good place, and had these things not happened, I wouldn't think I wouldn't be here yeah. in in this situation. So, my wife and I always time, say this: that you either grow together or you grow apart, but you're gonna grow, right? Exactly. Yeah. And in my past two marriages, they didn't end well, but now. I have I have a good relationship with my kids. I have a good relationship with with a couple of my exes, and and that's what my kids need and they they want. So um, I'm there for it. But now I have the most beautiful, intelligent, loving wife um, who just has embraced this blended family. Uh, she takes the best care of all of the kids. She has one son from a previous relationship who is he's he just fits into the to the mix just perfectly and of course we have our one son who's three years old um but we have five kids in tow right now that are all under 12 years old oh my gosh uh, yes so (laughs) minivan life i mean i never thought i'd own a minivan let alone two um (laughs) I'm, I'm on the verge of needing a bus. My, my other kids are all older. Um, but I will say this. I, I lost my third child when she was four months old. Mm. She, she had an accident at daycare. And I think that in my life was a huge turning point because it, when she was born, my life stopped. I stopped riding motorcycles with my buddies. I didn't make plans with anybody. I was at home with her and wanted to get to know her as much as possible and just be there and not miss a thing. And I felt like I had missed a lot with my two older kids. Um, And from one day to the next, she was gone. Mm. That made me understand the importance of valuing your relationships, your your love for your family, your children, you don't, nothing is guaranteed in this life. Mm. So from that point on, I've made it a point to really live a life and to really try and show my kids how to do the same thing and express my love to them. Not so that I could get it in return, but so that they know that without a doubt, their dad, love them as much as he could and there's no doubt in their mind for one day you know one day to the next I check out yeah uh, that that was a huge eye-opener for me was actually losing my daughter and it in some strange way made me a little more spiritually connected um, in one way or another but yeah that was that was huge for me and since then you know I've grown a lot really have done a lot it's been 21 years mm. she would be 21 21 this year wow that uh, she not passed away and uh yeah you just you gotta you gotta learn to to love life yeah because it you know if nothing's guaranteed <laughs> nothing's guaranteed man that's for sure that is for sure. Well, that that is absolutely, <clears throat> I think, so key. And and I hope you know you guys out there listening. If you, I know you learned a lot maybe about paintball today. But it, if you take if you take nothing else away from this, it would be that just recognizing how important it is to be authentic in people's lives, to be um, to be close with your family, to to recognize that it, they could just be gone tomorrow. That's huge. Man, that's huge. And it does affect, just like you said, I mean, it absolutely affects your mindset, your approach um, to everything. And there's no regrets in that, right? No, no. Um, not, not. A, I mean, yes. Had things been different, you know, maybe picked a different you know, daycare or something, things sure. would have been different. But you you don't know these things. Well, you yeah, know? exactly. Uh, you know, stuff happens, accidents happen. It wasn't anything malicious that happened. It was just an accident that happened. And accidents happen every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've had a couple of bad motorcycle wrecks that have 
sidelined me and I, I couldn't see it coming. I just couldn't see it coming. But you know, these things, these things that snap you to these things that knock you down, these things that grind you into the dirt, they're lessons. Um, at, at the moment you're thinking, Oh, this is the worst thing ever. But at the end of it, you should come away with, with some lesson learned. Um, whether it's don't do that again, or man, I really need to tell people I love them more mm-hmm. because that just, that almost took me out. Uh, there's always something there to be learned. There's always something to be taken away from a bad situation. Uh, and these bad situations will also open your eyes to your surroundings. Mm-hmm. You know, who's around you, who's there for you, who isn't there for you. Um, so on and so forth. But yeah, I, we could get into a whole nother segment of bad stuff that's happened in my life, but it, it, I think that the things that have happened in my life have helped me realize that life is fleeting. Yeah. Uh, you know, we are very fragile and we need to, to a, take good care of ourselves. B, tell everybody that you love them. You know, ex- don't be afraid to, to tell somebody what they mean to you. Mm. Um, and, you know, the importance of having, you know, relationships, face-to-face relationships, people that you see, hugs, handshakes, those are the best things ever, right. in my opinion. Amen. That's good, dude. That's so good. Well, here's what we need to do. I, I won't put you on the spot. You don't have to tell everybody right now, but I'm, I want you to come back on, um, either this show or another one. And I do want to get into that. I want to talk about some of the things that are, um, you know, you've learned through that whole process and just kind of dealing with that hurt and how you've turned it to something that's, uh, good in this world. So be thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd be honored to, man. And I'd be, that's just is awesome. And listen, dude, <laughs> I am so grateful you came on the show today. This was awesome for me. Well, I'm honored. Thank you. I'm glad you asked. Well, thank you so much. And I just want to thank all of you guys out there who are listening to this show uh, for being a regular listener. Also, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And more importantly, if you have someone out there who you think, man, we should go play paintball. Like you have a buddy or a friend and you're like, hey, we should go play paintball. You need to send them this podcast so they can really see the value of hanging out with good guys and good people and having a good time. Anyway, thank you guys so much, and we will see you next time.